I'm looking for those dozen people who know they need to do something different. They really are looking for a better way. Global shortages are causing farm input costs to skyrocket. A better way to farm shows you how to take control of inputs and maximize profits so you can farm the way you want. Now, from America's heartland, here's your host. Hey, everyone. Tyler here, field agronomist with A Better Way to Farm, where we spend each and every day providing solutions to farmers to grow better crops and to make more money. Today is an absolute beast of an episode. I get the fortunate pleasure to interview some of the best people, clients out there today, especially in this great United States. Now, the grower that we have on has to be, for obvious reasons, probably the best guest yet. And I have to make sure that I not only say that, but also do this job very well, or I'll probably end up losing this gig. (laughs) So I have to mention quick, though, he is a row crop farmer. He raises also grass hay, a little bit of alfalfa, and some livestock. He's a very successful businessman of a very large ag business that stretches across almost every state in the United States, including Alaska and Hawaii. A great person and a better friend, Mr. Rod Livesey. Rod, thanks for taking time out of your busy schedule to join us today. How are you doing? I am good. Thank you for taking your time to do this interview, Tyler. It's a pleasure. Yeah, absolutely. It's always a great time to do this stuff. I absolutely love it. You know, my passion lies within teaching people, but also talking. Sometimes it can be to a fault. <laughs> so <laughs> I was I was very excited to get to do this interview. Again, you've heard the interviews, you know the story, uh, but a lot of people that are listening to this podcast, they want to know kind of a little bit more about you and where you come from and all that. So I always say, you know, introduce yourself, tell us where you're from. You're in a unique situation. So we, we might touch on that a little bit later as well. But, but why don't you just go ahead and, and kickstart this thing off by introducing yourself as well and kind of diving deeper into your start. Absolutely. I appreciate that, Tyler. Uh, we live in Southeast Iowa. We're about uh, three miles from Missouri, about 30 miles from Illinois down in the southeast corner. We have cattle. We raise some corn to mostly to feed to the cattle. And we raise quite a bit of hay, put up, I don't know, 1,000 or 1,200 big round bales every year. That's kind of our stress relief. Actually, the cattle is something that I do with the the girls. It's something we do together, something we do for fun. The hay baling is the same way. It's just a a different thing for us to do. We love our business. We love working with people. I started, I got out of college and I took a factory job and it took about six months to realize that was not my career path. Yep. (laughs) Left home in the fall of 78. I thought I hated farming and what I really hated was just the way we were doing it. Sure. I didn't hate farming. I loved it. So uh, we wandered around. I ended up going to work for multiple seed corn companies. And from 1985 to 1995, I was doing that. I also started this business in the uh, fall of 1992. And so a better way to farm is rapidly getting ready to approach our 30th anniversary. And uh, we love what we do. We love getting to help growers make more money. We love those letters that we get and the calls that we get. It's very gratifying, Tyler, as you well know. And so that's just who we are and what we do. We're just a group of people out here that work together for us. It's all about our faith. It's all about our family. It's all about the farm. Yep. And you kind of alluded to it a little bit, but here we are. I mean, you mentioned that you started this a better way to farm you know, ultimately in 1992. So here we are in 2022. Uh, every, I'm going to let everyone else do the math on that, but <laughs> you've had to stay 
you know, especially if you're doing things you love, you've got to stay passionate and, and you've got to stay involved. Uh, and I know that you do that because we get to work together daily. But where does that passion come from day in and day out? Because again, with the business that you've got, you don't have to do this. And and yet you work harder than most of us. I would say all of us, but I know some of the children that, that you have that are listening would probably disagree. <laughs> so where does that passion come from every day? I'll tell you, Tyler, I really, we've talked about this a long time. Yeah, we could retire. But uh, the definition of retirement for me is to get up every day and do what you love. And so that's basically what we do, whether we're working on the farm or making hay or working cows, but most importantly, working this business. We get up every day and, you know, I, I wake up and I've already got missed calls and I've got texts to respond to. But the bottom line is, I really do feel like this is where God called Sheila and I to be. Yeah. He took all of the experiences that I'd had. In the first 32 years of my life, everything from running test plots to I can drive nearly anything, which helped with us doing plots early on, uh, the science side of it. It just took all of my life's experiences and crammed them into one spot. And all of a sudden, but then I think the passion comes, Tyler, from the notes that I get when I get these guys saying, you know, hey, you changed our life. Hey, we were on the verge of not making it. Hey, we went from being just able to rent ground to be able to buy ground. Yep. Those are the things that make it really work for us. And so every day we get up and there's something new to do and it's never boring. There's always another challenge and we just love that opportunity. Yeah, that's one of the things that I would have to agree with. And and I know seeing you in person, I know that that's one of the things that absolutely drives you. But it's cool being a part of the team and getting some of those notes, getting some of that feedback. And and you realize, you know, I just had a conversation with a guy in Ohio today talking about a thing. And we brought up what it looked like to possibly lower his total volume of fertilizer. And I said, you know, it's interesting that we're going to sit here and talk about that as, as the people that you know, sell the product and we're going to say, well, yeah, maybe think about, you know, doing this or doing that to make things more efficient. So I absolutely appreciate that. Now, the interesting thing that just occurred to me is that, and and if you want to touch more on it, you absolutely can dive a little bit deeper because I know it's a personal issue, but we all know, especially on the inside, how much you love waking up early. And that that's a little insider joke. Um, <laughs> does it help that you're on the East coast right now, or do you need to move to like Europe or something so that when you wake, when you wake up, you know, I, uh, probably Puerto Rico would be good. Cause then you could, you know, you could roll out of bed about 10 and it looked like six o'clock in yep. the central. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. 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 It, 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 it's funny though. You say that Tyler, cause I, you know, we work with people in, I don't know, 40 or more states and all four time zones. Well, actually yep. more than that, people in Hawaii and Alaska too. But I was working on the West Coast, helping some guys in Washington State. And this guy called from Indiana and he said, did I get you up? And I looked at the clock and I said, yeah, you did. Because he was in Indiana at that point in time, they were three hours in front of Washington and he'd waited till seven to call. And I said, in most days, you will get me out of bed at 4 a.m., Almost guaranteed every time. <laughs> and he just kind of laughed. He said, I had no idea where you were. I'm sorry. So, yeah, it's interesting. But we get in, uh, you know, we, we get in at least 12 or 16 hours a day. That's just kind of the way it works for us. So. Yep. We just yeah. Get to- <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I know. And I've, I've told the story before, but that reminds me what we do is not just local. You know, we don't help out just the few of our neighbors around us. We get to work with everybody across the entire United States. And and it's pretty cool. Uh, we'll go to kind of dive into social media a little bit more. And because of the social media presence, we get more people from other countries even asking about it. But, you know, it's interesting when, you know, we, we 
do all these the pro exit two-day fundamentals of agronomy trainings that we host and we present at they could be in you know two to three different time zones in just a matter of a day so i know <laughs> you've had the pleasure of making those rounds as well and and I'll, I'll never forget this year when Andrew Moore stopped me in South Bend when we were up in South Bend. And he's like, oh, I've already seen you today. I'm like, dude, what are you talking about? I went to bed last night. And he's like, well, yeah, but we dropped you off at 1 a.m. at your pickup. And I went home and took a three-hour nap. And I got up, got the kids to school and drove to South Bend. And I was there by 5.30. So, you know, it's the joys of the jobs. But uh, sometimes that time zone thing is a real deal. <laughs> so I appreciate that. Now, before we talk about some of the training and, you know, some of the things that, that even I've learned from you is, is you, you never stop learning, right? If you want to keep progressing, you've always got to learn. But before we get into the education side, the, the better way to farm what I think we're known for, where did you get that education? Because you even admitted it yourself that you thought, you know what, in the mid to late 80s, I don't think farming's for me. I'm going to go do something else because it's just not right. When you decided to come back and you thought, you know what, I think there is a better way to do this. Where did those, where did that come from? Well, originally I had a mentor who started me in the business. Uh, he is no longer with us, but he was a, a genius and B, he was super, super well-read and I, I owe him a great deal because he started me on the journey. You know, I, I kind of had it in my head that you just kind of got to go to school for something, go to college, and then you got to do that. Well, I didn't get an ag degree, so that kind of I thought that took ag off the table. Yep. And the reality was, I think it worked for me to have a business administration econ degree because I look at everything from dollars and cents. I don't care how they've always done it. So when Doug got me started learning, then we just became prolific readers. And I just, you know, shout out to the people on the call. Get the, uh, the agronomy handbook from Midwest Labs and read it. Get all these different things. Tyler, I'll tell you, I just, I'm very excited because today or tomorrow I have a new book. I paid $300 for a new book on agronomy and I am super excited to get it in here and, and read it because we just keep learning. The knowledge is out there. The industry just doesn't bring it. I'm yep. going to give you a for instance. We know that in the presence of adequate boron, we get better phosphorus into a plant. Now, the industry knows that because it's in their publications, but nobody talks about it. We look at all these terrible boron deficiencies, and they're actually creating a fake phosphorus deficiency. And that's just one example of many. But that's why I love reading and bringing those things to the growers so we can talk about how to make this thing happen better. Yeah, you know, that's you You did some fantastic interviews with Dr. Mulvaney. And after listening to those interviews, I think the first ones were about last year, I think. Yeah. something like that. Uh, that inspired me to almost go back to school. You know, he still teaches in Illinois. And I thought, man, I, maybe I should look into doing some of his stuff online because we can do that now. So I absolutely, you know, love that philosophy and kind of to tie that into real quick, I kind of wanted to talk about some buzzwords and especially soil health and some of the things that kind of on your mind, you know, whether it's a new product or something to do with carbon credits or soil health in general, there's always new buzzwords out there. What's kind of your stance on some of this marketing that surrounds some of these key buzzwords in the industry? Well, my buzzword oftentimes is smash head here. <laughs> um, I, I got to be honest, Tyler, I, I grow weary of, you know, the industrial just pick something and and then they'll just pick something out. You know, and I, I give the example that a few years ago, it was all soil health. Now they're calling it regenerative ag and, yep. and whatever. I've got two that really wind me up. But one of them was 
soil health. And it talked about the fact, I saw this magazine article and it said, does your soil need rehab? And it just made me go crazy because I, I explained that your soil's fine. It, rehab is for somebody who has a habit they have to quit. The mm-hmm. soil doesn't have any habit it needs to quit. You do. The grower who's doing those things that make that soil need rehab, that's the problem. You know, and I find it interesting that the same people that brought you high salt, the same people who brought you products that ruin uh, soil tilth, the same people who have done things to suppress soil bacteria, now what are they doing? They're also selling you cover crop seeds so you can (laughs) offset that. Now, they still want you to do the same things that you did that screwed it up, but then the cover crop's going to make it a little better. I got a great idea. Let's do the cover crop. And let's stop doing the trouble. That's the first one. Yes. The second buzzword that I really detest is the four R's. <laughs> you know, I, because we get all, well, there's three. I'm talking about carbon credits too, since you brought it up. But on the four R's, you know, it's just, I get weary of, of the industry trying to tell what they're trying to do is justify it to the beautiful people, all of the rich and the famous who have all these opinions about how we should farm. Right. And they're trying to say, you know, we're doing this. We're taking the right product in the right place we're putting it on at the right rate we're putting it on at the right time and then they're going to turn around and say but fall apply anhydrous well yeah. <laughs> congratulations you just went oh for four you know <laughs> and and so and that's really difficult for me and we here you know we were working on the four r's in 1992 because we knew we had to have the right product and put it in the right place and road bandit we knew we had to have the you know the right rates or it wouldn't work and so we've been after that from day one. We've been doing that. And then the third one is this deal on carbon credits. I'm going to do a future podcast on carbon credits, but to a large degree, it's a scheme. It's a guilt tax, you know, and then I get somebody like, well, I won't name them, but somebody who used to live in England and then he married a pretty girl from Canada and they moved to the United States. <laughs> but they're running around saying, we're going to be carbon neutral by 2030. It's like, that's crap because all they're going to do, they're not going to quit flying their private jet. They're just going to start paying for carbon credits so they can ease their guilt. They're going to pay some farmer to do something so that they're carbon neutral. If they yep. wanted to be carbon neutral this year, they would already do it. It's just write the check. Yep. And so carbon neutral is, to me, it really is a scam. Farmers are the greatest people in the world of managing carbon. Yep. They have to because it makes them money. Yes. You know, the fact that somebody else wants to have a private jet and then somehow offset it, so they can feel better about going to the global conference on global warming in their private jet while they create a big carbon footprint is annoying. So yeah, those, those buzzwords tend to, you know, but the media runs with it. And, you know, if you say it often enough, everybody believes it. Yeah, absolutely. You know, that's one of the things now I'm going to try to dive a little bit deeper into the training that we do and, and some of your recommendations. But, you know, one of the things that I get the fortunate opportunity to do is talk on the nitrogen section. But one of the things that I always talk about is how carbon, hydrogen, and oxygen is literally 95% of a fertility program. Carbon is a huge part of that. And and we don't sit there and we don't buy a bunch of carbon and hydrogen and oxygen because that's what's supplied not only in the soil, but also that the air that, you know, that God gives us. And it's, it's crazy that we're working off of basically about two and a half to 3%. That's the supplemental fertility that we work off of. And that's what makes the big difference. But yeah, some of these buzzwords, they get me stirred up as well. <laughs> I know, I know that I'm extremely passionate. The The nice thing is that I'm not overall uh, social media yet. I know I'm being uh, strongly encouraged to make sure I get my face out on social media. I always tell everybody I've got a face for radio. That's why I do these podcasts and I'm not, <laughs> not all over uh, TikTok and everything, but I wanted to bring the social media up a little bit, but 
real quick on the fundamentals of agronomy programs that we have out there to educate the growers that we work with. What are your your thoughts? Uh, kind of summarize the growers that are listening to this, and they're like, "Oh, holy cow! I'm listening to to Rod now, uh, you know, and he's telling me this stuff. What is it about our training program?" that sets it apart and why do the growers need to come to that thing so that they can get that education for themselves? Well, I'm going to lay it down in two words, science and profit, because those are the two things. First of all, we're going to go back to talking about phosphorus and how it's made. We're going to start out with ore. We're going to start out with a rock, with phosphate rock. And then we're going to talk about all of the ways that that gets purified and what happens with each way and why one way works better than the others. And so we're going to talk a lot about those things. And so farmers that leave there, they get a lot of science. They get, you know, most of these guys, they have their co-op full of soil test, but they don't really know what they're looking at when they see it. And when they leave that two-day program, they are qualified to make their own decisions. And so they understand the science and it puts them in control of all of their decision-making process. And it teaches them to ask a lot of better questions. And then therefore that leads to the second word, which is profit. You know, I, you did a great job, a big shout out to the Wacker family, did that, that podcast that just dropped last oh, week, yeah. and, mm-hmm. you know, and it was exciting to, to hear them and to see the results that they got based off of what that program did. And Tyler, you and I both, we could sit here all day long <laughs> and make a list of growers who the last two years have went through and had their life changed by yep. going to that fundamentals of agronomy program. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's well worth it. Definitely at the end of this podcast, reach out to Rod, figure out, you know, get a hold of somebody on the team, figure out how in the world to get to the next one, not the closest one, always go to the next one because it is that valuable. Now, some of the cool things about that program, some of the cool things about you doing this for since, I'll just say since 1992, (laughs) I won't mention the years, but you've got to work with some of the guys like Francis Childs or, you know, currently we, we still are blessed enough to work with Jerry Cox. Some of the guys that that are, you know, absolute monsters in the yield game. What is it about those guys and their loyalty to you and to the Better Way to Farm team that they don't just go out and and go to the highest bidder, I'll say? Well, or in that case, the lowest bidder, but yeah. Yes, yes, correct. (laughs) You know, it's it's an honor to work with those guys, but we're going to do a podcast with Jerry here. It's actually going to drop next week, I think. And I've done multiple ones with him, but you know, whether I'm talking to, to Jay that we did two weeks ago, you know, those guys talk about the fact that we have taught them, you know, Jay and his family didn't realize what boron did and it made 28 bushel difference yeah. in an accident test. Yeah. And so, you know, when you get that and the thing, and Jay just said on the podcast, if you go back and listen to it, he said, you guys just are continuously six to eight years in front of the industry. You know, the industry was talking about manganese on your soybeans because of what glyphosate was doing six years after we did it. You know, and so he has been able to stay out in front. Jerry is the same way. Jerry's goal, those guys that are top-end producers, they never quit learning. School is never out. And they like working with us because it's never out for us either. You know, hence the new $300 book that I'm getting ready to start reading so that I can bring more value to the growers. And that's what makes those guys, the the loyalty is, is that they continue to make more money than if they went somewhere else. Yep. They get more knowledge than they can get anyplace else. That's our goal. Yeah, absolutely. You know, one of the things that I wanted to ask you, I know we've had this discussion before, and it really pertains, you could really say it pertains to a lot of different things. I know recently I asked you about, 
you know, if you had won the lottery and you had all the money in the world, what was one of the things that you would do? But I know that again, I'm going to beat on the the podcast where you interviewed Dr. Mulvaney. It was kind of what he said as well in regards to calcium. But if you had all the money in the world or no money in the world, what is that one thing that you could absolutely do to your farm that would make the biggest change in the world? What's that thing that you could do to really help take that soil to that next level? It hasn't changed, Tyler. It's calcium. But I am going to go a little farther and say the right calcium. Because where I live, we fight really high mag soils. Yep. And all of the calcium that we get close, all of the lime that we can buy close, we're actually getting a pound of mag for every pound of calcium. The way it works is the guys who live where they need magnesium, their local lime doesn't have it. They, yep. they have calcitic lime. So what does that mean? It means for us, we did a bunch of lime. And after I talked to you last time, we actually went out and we had to haul our lime about 45 or 50 miles to get lime that had a low magnesium amount in it and high calcitic. And that's what we were after. Mm -hmm. And so I want to tell the guys that it never changes. The first thing is get that pH right, get that base saturation up on that calcium, get the parts per million where you want them, because anything else that you do after that is going to work better. There's nothing that you can do that will circumvent that and you have to fix it. Yeah, absolutely. You know, that's, that's one of the biggest things because again, real quick about the education, if you don't know about the system, you know, that we got to start with the soil test. I mean, it's the foundation, right? If you're going to build a house, you say that all the time, you're going to build a house, you have to have a strong foundation to build that on. And that's where it all starts. But there are some things you can do. You don't have to sit there and say, Oh, I don't have a soil test. I'm not working with the guys at a better way to farm or gals at a better way to farm. So I'm just going to sit here and, and keep doing what I'm doing. There's things like calcium, the right calcium that you can do to your operation to move that on to the next step. Now, when it comes to recommendations and, and us saying things, maybe on social media, we're going to have some people that come after us. I know, you know, I, uh, I had a couple people at, at some of the, uh, the fundamentals of agronomy, you know, trainings at break come after me. And I, I thought I was going to get beat up, but luckily I'm, I'm fairly good at talking through things. That's probably where it stemmed from me getting beat up as a young kid. So I became a, a good, a good talker and, and could talk my way through some of this stuff, but we have a very successful Facebook page and, and that is 100% due to you and, and some of your children that have helped out with that. And now it's stretched into other platforms as well, uh, including TikTok. So I always say at the end of these, you know, go check out not only our Facebook page, but also the TikTok page that you do. But I want to address some of that. I call them haters, right? That's the the terminology, you know, nowadays that we have to use for that. So some of the people that that come after you about some of your thoughts or beliefs. So I just wanted you to kind of hit on that, you know, real quick and and kind of talk about how you handle some of that when someone says, oh, nope, there, there's no way that and uh, that we're using another form of nitrogen other than anhydrous ammonia or you know, whatever it may be. Sure. Well, I mean, it'd be a boring world if we all drove blue Suburbans. And, <laughs> you know, and so, I mean, for me, that's all I drive. I, you know, I, I want a blue Suburban yep. or blue GMC pickup, but you know, it'd be a boring world. And so, you know, we're working through that. Let, let me say this as a sidebar, Tyler. Sometime over the next 90 days, we hope to have all 800 videos that are on the Facebook page uploaded to our YouTube channel. Oh, geez. So that yeah. Be searchable, which will make a big difference. 
just as another method. But in regards to the TikTok thing, I know what you're referring to. Yeah, we got some pretty strong uh, blowback there on a couple of things. Here's where I'm at. I don't have, you know, I tell people when they start working with me, you know, I give them a money back guarantee on the training package. And I, I my line, final line is, here's the deal. I'm 62 years old. I've had my last argument. And that's exactly where I'm at. Mm-hmm. You know, if you're not happy, I want you to go. And I don't mean that in a bad way. We can still be friends. But if for the people who don't like what we're saying, I just encourage them to move on, to scroll on. Because for those people who were very, and there were some people who were very, very hateful. But as a result of that, there were probably 10 or 12 people who reached out who <laughs> needed help. Yep. And for me, I'm not on social media to argue. I don't like to argue. It's not my thing. And so I just encourage those people, hey, you know, move on. We can still be friends. You don't have to listen to me. It's fine. I'm looking for those dozen people who know they need to do something different. They really are looking for a better way. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. And so with that being said, the the people that are listening to this podcast, as we kind of wrap this baby up and and we both get back after it, what are those things that the people that are listening to this this podcast, what do you recommend? You know, some of them are going to listen to it uh, and plantings may be already done. Some of it maybe will listen to this around Christmas time or something like that. But, uh, you know, for whatever time of year it is, for those that are listening, what are those suggestions that you can make for them? Well, I go back to the clothes that Jerry Cox uses and he got it from Francis Childs when, when we were traveling the circuit with Francis Childs and I watched him speak with crowds of a hundred. I saw him speak to crowds of 1200. And we'd walk off the stage and we'd go get dinner. Or we'd hop in the truck. And one time we raced across Nebraska. That probably wasn't the <laughs> hardest thing we ever did. But we raced from out in, in central western Nebraska to back to Omaha. But, you know, <laughs> oftentimes he was competitive. But mm-hmm. oftentimes, Tyler, he would say, you know, the sad part is there's a thousand people in the room. And there ain't five of them that are going to do anything different. Yeah. And my encouragement to the people who are listening, do something different. I don't yep. care what it is. I don't care if it's with us. I don't care. But do something different. Try something different. Every year, take five or 10 acres and try and make a big difference. I was just texting with Mike Pine out of Minnesota here. Oh, yeah. mm-hmm. They've done a lot of stuff here. They're one of the things that they're doing different is they're running population tests on their soybeans. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. That's, that's We get a lot of hate over that. You got people saying, oh. You got to plant 180, you got to plant 240. You know, we preach start at 85, run up to about 160 and see what yields the best. Yeah. And so, but do something, just do something and make a difference. Yes. I couldn't agree more with that statement. That's the biggest thing as, uh, you know, a, a certified crop advisor that's that believes in the true four R's that you mentioned earlier. <laughs> You know, that's something that that we all have to do is get out there and try something new and honestly take a little bit of that ground and maybe push it to the max, you know, figure out what uh, what works and and take it to the edge and and figure out where to to draw that back. So, Rod, thank you so, so much for the time today. I I hope everybody enjoyed this conversation. I hope you enjoyed it. I know you're a busy man and you've got to get back after it. I'm assuming the phone's been ringing constantly since since we've been (laughs) doing this. So thank you very much. All right, Tyler, thank you for your time. It was an honor. Yeah, thank you. And thank you, everyone, for the love and support, not only on this podcast, but also on our Facebook page and other forms of social media like that TikTok page that we mentioned. We hope that you enjoyed this episode on the Better Way to Farm podcast. And remember to like and subscribe, even leave a review for us to 
maybe improve some of the content or, or give us ideas for future episodes. As always, we want you to remember, we hope you have a better day. A better way to farm.com. You're listening on the Verbal Crowd Network. Find more great shows at verbalcrowd.com.